Heavenly Father, this evening, Lord, we yearn and desire, Lord, that we're indeed sheltered in the arms of Christ this evening, Lord. Lord, that we know that through the wild and the terribleness of this world, Lord, we're sheltered, safe within, Lord, your arms, a haven, Lord God, of rest, Lord, that we just so thankful for. Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, that that great one, your great arms would come and encircle your bride here tonight. Comfort us, Lord, with some words, Lord, that could encourage, Lord, or uplift, Lord, or speak peace, Lord, to someone that's needing of you tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, if you aren't here, Lord, it's all in vain. So we invite you, Lord, welcome. You, O Holy Ghost, we welcome thee tonight to this service, Lord, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. Let's turn in our scriptures to Psalms 27. Man, Psalms 27, a rapture scripture. <laughs> it's our scripture. All right. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. In his arms, sheltered, who shall we fear? No one. Nothing. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Amen. David was inspired. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Amen. And verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me up upon a rock. Amen. And we'll just read one scripture, Proverbs 18.10. Amen. Short verse, powerful, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Amen. God bless you. Have your seats. Just trying to, as I was looking to the Lord for what to, to speak on tonight, and Lord just kept, just felt going to these scriptures, and he just brought into the, the word just pressure into my, into my heart. And uh, if you know these scriptures, this is the scripture that Brother Branham spoke on, letting off the pressure. And that's the scripture he took as one of them. And we do, we, we live in an age, he spoke of it, and we live in an age of, I would say, some pretty incredible pressures. Amen. Everyone is under some form of strain, stress, tension, something that's causing us to be, in some cases, just right at the end of our rope, so to speak, right? The world at the end of their ropes. In many ways, you just have to go out there and drive one time and find out if people are at the edge. If you drive out there, <laughs> we all drive, we all know people are under pressure, right? They're hitting that gas pedal, and cars aren't built with less and less horsepower, are they? So, there's some cars out there that are raring to go and feet that are ready to roll because people are under pressure, 
you're under pressure. You can sit at a stoplight, and I'm guilty of it. I can sit at a, st- at a little turn signal, and I'm waiting for the thing to turn. I see the little blinking turn arrow. It starts going, and I'm waiting for the car way up there to start moving. I'm like, what takes this guy so long? <laughs> you know, it takes like 40 blinks before a car goes, because everybody's under pressure. I'm probably not alone. Am I alone? I don't think so. I know. <laughs> Brother Brown, he said, he goes, there's just two classes of people. He spoke this. He's letting off the pressure. He said, there's just two classes of people that live down there. He must have been speaking of where he was, where he was uh, preaching. He says, that's the quick and the dead. He says, them that ain't quick, die quick. <laughs> he says, my, it's dangerous to be safe these days. It's all hurrying and racing. <laughs> so it's just built up from there. We've got even worse, I'm sure, from when it was back in 63 to where we are now. You just wonder, why is yoga taking such a big craze? Because everybody needs to find some Zen moment in this world to try and relax and bring the anxiety levels down. Yoga wasn't a big deal in the 1850s, I can tell you that. (laughs) Right. But it sure is now because people have to decrease their level of stress, their level of pressure that they're under. I think I would just build up pressure if I tried to do any one of those moves. You wonder why they're legalizing things like marijuana. Because it's their source of, re- of relief. And everybody's needing something. And here we're living in a day where that becomes now the normal. Because some, some method just to bring their stress and to bring their pressure down. That's the world that we're living in. We're all under pressures. School-age kids, we just started school. And so, of course, right back into the, the pressures of school. What we do after, preparation, being forced, they said that it's earlier now than ever that kids are being forced to figure out what they're wanting to do in life. And so at very early ages now in school, they're pressuring kids, you need to figure out what you're going to do, figure out what you're going to do, figure out what you're going to do, and they're pressed to try and get their lives in order, and they have no clue what they're doing, and there's a lot of pressure that's now being put on them. The pressure fitting in. It's a big pressure. It's always been a big pressure. Even more so now, being accepted, children at school, Clothing, he said, now with the technology, because it's, they said, they're always on. They always have to be on their A-game. They always have to be there, always on to impress somebody, because there's never off. They're constantly on. They're on their Instagrams and their Snapchats and whatever else. And so that pressure of having to be impressing and being accepted by their friends is never, ever, ever at a gap. They can't go home and just let off the pressure. Pressure of living right. This one stood out with me and has since, the, since Brother Aaron McGeary spoke at a young people's. And even a pressure within our own circle here at church and we have, uh, that our, our children have and our young people is that pressure, the pressure to live right and be something that maybe their life is not. I know young people, do you remember Brother Aaron McGeary talking about that and having their, that pressure that they have to be su- super spiritual because maybe their friends around them are spiritual and they're trying to, but really they just need the ability to say, you know what? I'm not where I should be. And there's a pressure just to be, not in a negative way, they're, they're putting on a face when really they should need to be saying, you know what? I need God. I mean, there's a pressure, even in our circle. If you remember Brother Aaron speaking on that. We were pressured to survive. Young people, single adults, and different ones that are just getting out of school. This isn't the easiest area to live. It's not the easiest area to live. Here we have a pressure just to survive. Financially, and we have the, you know, different ones that, you know, trying to find a spouse and feel pressured that I need to get married and where's my wife or where's my husband? And it's pressure. You can get married, but there's also stresses there too. <laughs> it's not the, uh, 
it's not always all flowers. It's wonderful indeed, but there's pressures there. Now, as you build your family out and you have, especially as a young man, and you take the responsibility and that becomes another pressure that you have on you. This age require, is built to make both husband and wife work. And that strains the family. And the whole family unit becomes under stress. And we see the breakdown in our, in our day and age of the family unit because parents and having to try and just to make ends meet, etc. Fathers working multiple jobs, just trying to stay afloat. Older ones, not just here, but just the world. The pressure and the strain of getting older. There's a, it's a big, a big pressure. And the, the having to, you know, what, what, what's going to happen when I pass away? And worrying about family and the strain of, strain of, of that. And for the unbeliever, that, that'd be a big strain. That'd be a big pressure. And we all live under it. And Brother Brown said, it's no respecter of persons. Everyone experiences pressure. It's where we're at. And we're living in a day and age. You know, pressure can be a couple things. I'll just maybe just explain a little bit of what pressure is. We all feel it, but uh, not like I need to give you a huge example here. But the, you can actually break that up from in pressure and stress. And they say there's stress is, refers to maybe where you have your demand. Too many things are, are demanded upon you, and you don't have enough resources. You know, maybe you don't have enough time, enough money, uh, enough energy to meet them. And so are you feeling overloaded, and man wants to define that more as stress. Pressure is a situation where you perceive that something at stake is dependent on the outcome of your performance, more like a do or die moment, and there's pressure on you. If I don't perform, something's drastic is going to take place, and that's pressure. So the man has tried to de- delineate between the two, but at the end of the day, we all feel either or, and it compounds on itself, and we're just feeling under pressure. Amen. You know, the effects of pressure build up on a place where it starts to break things down. But Abraham says it causes people to have hard feelings and they, they snap. And they say things they don't mean to, right? He says, we're all guilty of it. He says, I'm guilty of it. You're all guilty of it. He says, we do things under pressure that we wouldn't do otherwise, right? He says, there's an, there's an excess pressure built up today, I believe. And he goes, before I go any further, he goes, I believe it's the enemy coming down and pressing. He goes, I believe it's the devil, Okay, and there's where it's at, right? That pressure that it's the devil bringing that pressure down on this end time era, age, to cause us to do things that we maybe wouldn't do otherwise. Causes to say things that we wouldn't otherwise do, right? There's that pressure. Now, recognizing that is a strength. We spoke last time on tactics. There's one. Recognizing that the pressure upon you is Satan in this age causing you to try and push you into something that you wouldn't do if you didn't have that pressure on you. Satan don't, he don't care. He don't care. Satan, as far as the people in his eyes here, they're just fodder to him. And he's breaking them down and breaking their minds, and he's just, he feasts on his people, as we heard this morning. But Abraham says, we know the coming of the Lord is at hand. He said, the Bible says in the last days, the devil will go about as a roaring lion. And if he could just get you under pressure, hurrying, running over something, You'll make a decision that you wouldn't make if you just sat down and think it over, right? And now I thought about that. I thought about, you know, said who, who, someone that made it, what an example of that for you. If you look back in 1 in, uh, Samuel, 
Saul was in Gilgal, and he was told there by Samuel to wait and tarry for me, and I'll come at the appointed time. He was supposed to wait, okay? And so Saul was up there waiting for, for Samuel to come, and he was in a pressure moment. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore, I think I said that, seashore, in multitude. That'd be a lot of people. So here's Saul looking at people as the sand of the seashore. Sounds like a tongue twister there. And they came up and pitched in Mishmash eastward from Beth Haven. And when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed. Then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over to Jordan, to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was in Gilgal. Saul had just been reigning for two years. So this is, he's the first king here. He's under pressure. Major pressure. He's got people in distress. He's seeing Philistines in front of him, camped about as the sand on the sea. He's got people in distress. His people are saying, what's happening? He was under pressure. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering, Samuel came. He said, what did you just do? Saul wasn't supposed to do that. That wasn't his place. But under the pressure of the moment, he did something that he should not have done and had drastic consequences for his kingdom. So much so that Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and thou camest not within the days appointed. And therefore, the Philistines will come down upon me in Gilgal. If you read down, Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Under pressure, he did something foolish. And it cost him. He said, Lord, was going to take. He said, the Lord, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. And he has sought after a man after his own heart. Because of pressure. Saul did such a, a drastic thing felt forced to do it, and it cost him his kingdom. Amen, that's pressure, pressured into situation. You know, another, another uh, example of that, of pressure, and what it can cause, and the effects of it. Brother Brandon went and talked, he gave an example of a, a little a girl that uh, was pressed. He says, and so this little fellow couldn't stand the pressure of being teased. And they tell her she was old-fashioned and so forth, and after a while, the kid had a breakdown. And just from the pressure of being teased, which we are well aware of now, so much so in, in the, our day and, and age we're in, is the, the bullying and the teasing is at such a heightened level that people are snapping, 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 and people are committing suicide left, right, and center at such young ages because of the pressure of being teased. I'd have to say, any young person, any kid here, that should never be named in this, in this congregation. Any young person that is involved in that type of thing, that's straight from the pit of hell. That is where it's from. And it should never be named amongst us to be teasing, teasing to bring somebody, in this case, just being teased. But her brother says teasing. Some of you just think it's simple. It's part of growing up. No, the pressure of being teased turned a girl 
over to the insane institution. And she had a complete breakdown, and they were trying to now bring her from shock treatment. And it was a hopeless case, and they called Brother Branham to come to the situation because they said, it's our last chance. It's our last chance just because of pressure of someone being teased. Amen? That's Satan. He's done that from day one. Just that silent little pressure. He went to Eve at the beginning, and oh, no, thou shalt not surely die. And he's, it's just that constant pressure. And that's how he works. And he just keeps working on you and working on you until you break. And here it was here. Whether in whichever method and form, here it was in, a, in a, just a form of being teased because she was old-fashioned. But that's not the end of the story. Amen? God stepped in and Brother Branham stepped in that situation and turned it all around and brought that young lady's mind right back. Amen? And thus saith the Lord, he had a vision there and brought her right back to her mind. And she was delivered from that condition. Amen? So we can paint such a bad picture of the pressure that we live in. Amen? It sounds horrible and we, and we feel it. But we do have an answer. Amen? We have an answer. We have a place of refuge that we, we can turn to. And that's what we want to speak on tonight is a, is a place that we can turn to to let off the pressure. Amen. We have a buildup and we have, we have to have, people don't have that. They don't have the ability to just say, Lord, I need you and let out the steam. And that's why they blow. We don't have that. Run to a refuge. I'm going to point you to one tonight that you can go to in that time of need of pressure. Amen. Amen. A mighty tower, as we read, a place of safety and a pavilion of rest. That's our, that's our scriptures. Those are our promises. Amen. You know, a time of great pressure would have been during the Passover. And I can imagine what a, what a day that would have been. After all the, they'd gone through quite a series of plagues, but Abraham said it was, it was dark. It was dark, it was gloomy, it was weary. And it was a, what a heavy evening as the people knew the death angel was on its way. That would have been a pretty intense night and pressure as the death angel now was going to make his way into the land, okay? The Passover. Egypt was in, I'm sure, turmoil. They'd gone through a whole lot, completely wreaked havoc on Egypt, and now the final was the death angel to come through all the streets, a horrible time. But Abraham talks about the, the little house and a daddy in the home. And that little boy, he's, he's saying, Daddy, Daddy, I see the great wings of the angel coming, the death angel coming. It's It's okay. Oh, daddy, do you see? Do you really care? Do you care? I'm your firstborn. I'm going to die. Are you the firstborn, bud? Right? In Egypt, if there was no blood on the lintel, you would die. It was down that serious. And he was feeling, but Abraham talks about the little one who was feeling the pressure. Dad, have you done what you needed to do? Because I'm going to die. It was pressure on him as a death angel. He saw, looked down the road and he said, oh, that one that I played with, he's dead. And his mom came out screaming in the street. And he's seeing, he's depicting, dramatizing this for us. And you can imagine the pressure on this little one as he's seeing what's happening. But what was the daddy doing? It's all right, son. It's it's okay. He says at one point, just go and play with your toys. He said, took him out there. He said, do you see? Do you see what we have? He says, the blood is on the doorpost. Amen. And he could say, just go back inside. Just go back inside. He said, you sure? You, you don't, he won't get me. He won't get me. He says, no, he can't get you. He says, why? Because he goes, that's his promise. Amen. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Amen. He had, 
He had found, he knew where the answer was, the place of refuge was in responding to what the prophet had said and doing what the prophet had said, amen? That was the key there. When he had done what was required and he could tell his son, just let the pressure off. Go play with your toys. It'll be all right, amen? He had confidence because he had done what was required. But Abraham says he could let off the steam. Amen. Israel is just as calm. He said, why? There are people just like the Egyptians. But they had walked in God's provided way, Israel, and they had accepted God's way of refuge, and they had applied the blood on the door as long as they had walked in his way, God's provision. Amen. That's where it's important that we walk in God's provision. You don't have a worry about any kind of death angel or nothing. They had, prom- had the promise of God that the death angel would pass over them. Amen. Amen. And it ain't no different. And I know that isn't good English, but it isn't no different than where we are now. Amen. We can read these things lots. Well, we're in the third exodus, but do you have the blood on the doorpost? It can just become knowledge. It can just become terminology. We're in the third exodus. We are. And there's a death angel that is killing those that don't have blood on the door of their hearts. It's not real. Amen? But we do have. Amen? We have an answer. We have a refuge. We have a place of safety. Amen? That we can run to. Running for your life, as we said, is probably one of the greatest pressures we had. And in the Old Testament, they put something in place for someone that was running for their life. They had put up, if you've read, they built cities of refuge. A testament to reading it to me of God's mercy on the innocent. And man, right back all the way in the Old Testament. And if someone had inadvertently killed somebody, they'd done something wrong, or I always remember, you know, when we, we talked about this many, many years ago, and I can remember dad explaining it, I don't even know when, but when I was a little, little guy, and he would explain it as if someone was, you know, chopping an axe or something like that, and he was chopping and lifted up, and the axe handle flew off and hit somebody in the dome, and out they went. They had a problem on their hands because eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The kin of that person that died had every right to go and kill him. It was an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. In fact, at one point, it was his responsibility to go and avenge that. So if that happened and you had done something that you were not doing willfully, you were fleeing fast because you did not want any time to pass for word to spread to the family because on your case was now someone ready to take your life. So God put an ordinance in place for this of a city of refuge that they could run to and they ran fast. Okay. One place they said anywhere in Israel they had, it was about 30 or so miles from anywhere in Israel to get to a city of refuge. So, and roughly that's about a day's journey and probably quicker if you're running really fast. Cause you probably would be fleeing from, from the Avenger, right? Now, if you weren't innocent, there was no hope there. Right. And brother Branham, he talks about how something, if there's a, a seed of God, when he did something wrong, you know it. 
even before you're saved. You, said, you, didn't, you wanted, there's something there desiring save, saving, right? You're trapped in sin, right? Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But as a son of God, as a daughter of God, there's something there said, that wanted saving. Maybe didn't quite know it at the very beginning, but as the, the Lord showed you and opened your doors and brought you down your way of life and presented the word to you, something quickened you, okay? And that city of refuge is for that person. Now, if you just did it willfully and you have no desire to you know, do, do wrong, the city of refuge wasn't, wasn't for you. Man has got to want a place of refuge, but Aram said, you have got to feel the need for it. But if you think you want to fight your own battles, he said, go ahead, right? See, but if you're caught by the pursuers, someday it's going to find you, right, man? So six cities were prepared here. As you're running, you had to figure out which one was close by. And Kedesh was in Galilee and Shechem was in Mount Ephraim. And the other one was Hebron in the Mount of Judah. And then there was Bezer in the wilderness out of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth Gilead, and Golan in Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were six cities of refuge that were placed in strategic places so that someone could get there in a day's journey. Amen. And also, the way had to be kept clear. Deuteronomy 19.3 says, Thou shalt prepare thee a way and divide the coast of the land. And if you go into a little bit of... Uh, about the cities, they said that the highways were repaired every spring and after the rains and bad weather and further bridges were built so that they were, that people didn't need to go into a ravine. They could go across. They were making a way that was straight and quick. It wasn't hard to get there. Okay. A place of refuge. It wasn't hard to get there at every crossroad. There was a sign which said refuge. Okay. And pointed in the direction of the city. And these signposts had to be large enough so that you're, you're running it wasn't 10-point font. This was very big. So when you're running, you could see the sign refuge that way, okay? Amen? And then runners, learned of the law of God, were stationed to guide fugitives to a place of safety. Isn't that incredible? This is Old Testament, okay? What God had put in place under the, old, under the law. Amen? Let's just, let's just flip it the other way. Amen? Six cities of refuge. Seven is complete. Amen. Who is our city of refuge? Christ. Christ, our city of refuge. Amen. The seventh and complete city that we run into and are safe. And I can just, I, when you go into what the cities actually mean, Kedesh meant a holy place or righteousness. Amen. Shechem meant a shoulder, a place of rest. Amen. That we can lean on. He cares for you. Our refuge cares for you. Amen. Our Christ cleansing us from sin and making us righteous, pardoning us. Hebron meant fellowship, fellowship and communion with our Savior. And he desired fellowship to become tangible, come into this refuge and have communion. Amen. With, with our Christ, our refuge. Bezer, stronghold and fortress. Nothing, nothing can penetrate through our refuge. Amen. He's strong. He's a strong tower as we, as we read. Amen. Remeth, Ramoth Gilead meant exalted or heights, amen, in Christ, in our refuge, you're exalted into heavenly places, and Golan meant separated, separated from the things of this world, amen. Each one of those names so specially pointing to who? Pointing to the final city of refuge, amen, that we can run to, amen. Your only hope was to get into that city. That's it, amen, and our only hope is to get into that city, amen. Here we are, 
The hounds, Brother Brown says, the hounds of hell are on your heels. If you don't and you're wanting to flee, flee to the city. It was urgent to get in there before it was too late. Amen. When you got to the gate, you had to confess your faults. You had to say what, you're, what, what happened. What did you do? Amen. If it was, it was judged there, you went inside and then they judged it at a further, at another date. Um, and, the, and you had to either go back to where you were. And if it was judged, then you went, if you were innocent, you went to the city of refuge and you stayed there. What do we need to do to enter into our city of refuge? Amen. The way has been well made clear. It's not a complicated way. It's not full of obstacles and how do, how do I get there? How do I get to this peace? How do, I, how do I get to this comfort? How do I get away from the pressure? It's not hard. It's not full of ravines and boulders and obstacles. And, in, and the Lord's placed men that are pointing the way, saying, that way to Christ, that way to Christ, signs saying, that way, amen? That's what we have, and that's what we're pointing to tonight, a city of refuge that we can run to. Come to the gates and say, I'm a sinner. It wasn't complicated. Going, coming to Christ is not complicated. I know, you, I, like I said, we're all, not, we're all here full of pressure, but there's no need to keep the pressure. But Abraham says, in, this, in him, you can let off the pressure. And that's what you're needing to get to. If you're feeling you're built up, I'm just so pent up, and I got pressure, and I got this problem, and this problem, and this problem. I'm pointing you to one who can take all of that away, take the steam off of your life, and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. Come to the city, come to Christ, our refuge tonight. Amen. Now, when you got in the city, you couldn't complain. There was no complaining. You couldn't come in and be like, well, it's, you know, this is no good. I don't like this and I don't like that. You couldn't do that. Out you go. Okay? You can't come in and say, I need pressure, Lord. I, I need you to, to save me and, and take all this out of my life and, and give you a, a new, new heart and new life in Christ. And then be like, well, why do I got to do this? I got to wear long hair. I got to wear dresses. I got to, you know, act right. I can't talk like the world. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Amen? When you come in that city, but around said, he goes, I've been preaching this for, he said, however many years. He says, there, there's nothing, no reason why I'd ever want to leave once I entered that city. Amen? Amen? I can, I, I detest the same thing. He say, you know what? I'm so, I, the song that I love so much is if heaven was never promised. Amen? I'm just so thankful. I, the, the words, Auntie Linda, what's the words of the song? If heaven never was promised. Neither God's love to live eternally. It's been worth just having the Lord in my life. It's a precious song to me. He said, Lord, it's just worth having you in my life. It's worth been coming to that city and entering into that city of refuge. Amen. Scripture said, the just shall live by faith. We know that part. You know the next part? But if any draw back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. There's no... There's no, no turning back. Amen. If you left the city, the avenger was on your case. If you left the boundary of the city, you were fair game. And you were found, it's over. You walk away, and I've, we've seen many, leave the protection of this word. And it is so instant, it's a cliff. Because the avenger is there. Satan is there to take you down 
instantly because you're outside of the protection of the city of refuge. Don't leave. Don't leave. Amen. I can imagine going into the city, what a relief that would have been. As you ran as hard as you could for however long it was in that day to get there, what a relief that would have been for the one running, for the slayer. Just to be like, (laughs) I'm safe. Can you imagine? Death was on the door. The hounds were behind. Satan's behind you. Amen? Like Dad said this morning, we've got a spectrum those that need saved, those have been in the city for a long time enjoying the benefits, which we'll get to, right? But someone that's not in the city, the hounds of hell will get you at some point. Don't delay. As the song says, sinner, what's your needless delay? Amen? At some point, I can tell you there's a relief when you go into that city of refuge in Christ. Say, I'm saved. I'm safe evermore. A haven of rest. Amen? That's our Christ. Why would you not want to go into that rest? Why would you want to stay in the world and do, do what the world is and the hounds of hell? It's at the end, Scripture says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but at the end, there's judgment and death. At some point, we all will come to that. Except the people that have a promise of rapture. Amen. Hey, man, we'll get there too. Maybe. Time allows us. We might even have a part two. It would be the first ever. <laughs> Amen. No, 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 no. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So, one more thing on the city of refuge was when the priest died, the slayer went back to his town, and he was safe. But, you know, they left all the benefits of the city. And it's what I just thought was, you know what? Not in this city. Not in Christ. He never dies. Amen. And we enjoy the benefits of this city of refuge eternally. Amen. Amen. Wonderful types in the Old Testament that the Lord put there. It's incredible to me. But in the city of refuge, you had access to all the benefits that were there. And there's different things they talked about of of what the high priest and the families of that and different ones helping. But the benefits of our city of refuge are Christ. Scripture says in Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen. Now we can remember that part of the scripture. But David tells you what his benefits are. Amen. Don't forget them. Can you tell me what they are? (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? That's an incredible benefit. Amen. People are concerned about benefit packages. This is a benefit like no other. Amen. Forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. This is your benefits of the city of refuge. Again, why delay? Amen. And maybe you're in the city. Maybe you've walked in, you've been there, but you're standing in the middle. And you haven't pulled down all the benefits of what's there in the city for you. Amen. Who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Amen who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that the youth, thy youth is renewed like the eagles. These are your benefits of this refuge, amen? The Lord ex- executed the righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and right and plenteous 
and mercy. Amen? This is your benefit plan. It's a good benefit plan. Amen. Have not a commanded thee, be strong of good courage. Be not afraid, neither thou be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whither, whithersoever thou goest. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me walk upon mine high places. Hallelujah. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Let off the pressure in this city of refuge, amen? You don't have access to these if you're just standing on the outside. You have to get into Christ. I mean, you just can't stand there and expect to receive any of that. You must get in. And you have a right to it then inside this city of refuge, amen? And you can release that pressure that is built up. The Shunammite woman. She had a baby that was given to her by the Lord, by the word of a prophet. And she came into a desperate need. Sunstroke and had come and, had killed, and the child had died. But we know what she did. She saddled a mule and she knew where to go. But Abraham says, so then when Gehazi saw her coming, Elijah stood in the door of his cave and looked out. He said, here comes the Shumanite and she's riding fast. There must be something wrong. He said, go and ask her. And he said, is all well with thee? We all know her response. Is all well with thy husband? Is all well with the baby? And she said, all is well. Incredible. He's dead. He's dead. What situation are you in that's as grave as a dead baby? And you can say, all is well. Amen? She knew, but Abraham said, she, why? She could let off the pressure. She'd come to God's representative. She'd come, into, she'd come to the living word. The word of the Lord came to the prophets. And when she was in the presence of this man who had enough favor with God to tell her that she'd have the baby, she was in the presence of the same man who had the word of God that was true. Amen. He said, I'm so glad tonight to be in the presence of the same God that saved me from a life of sin. Amen. And promised he'd raise me up at the last day. He'd heal my sickness. He'd take care of me when I was here. Pressure's off. Forget about the pressure. Amen. That's where you need to come to. Remember the God that saved you. That's what she said. He's the, he was the representative that gave, was by with the close to the Lord, that had a word of the Lord that could give her a child. He's the same one that could save and raise him up. So it was all well? All was well. Amen. The pressure was off. He said, God's representative on earth today is the Holy Spirit. And when you're in his presence, see him bless you. He says, how can you build up the pressure? That's why we come. That's why we come into the house of worship. Amen? So that we can be in his presence and let off the pressure. Hallelujah. Amen. Martha had a brother that had died. And she'd called for Jesus, but no answer. Lord Brown said, in fact, he went further away. Imagine. 
This was someone that was, it was very close. They were, Jesus was close to Martha and Lazarus. Now, where do you think her confidence went? And where do you think the pressure went? She asked, you know, go tell Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Jesus didn't, didn't even come. But Abraham said, he, he goes, and the scripture says, let's go to Judea. And people don't really know where he was at the time, but it was like he didn't even care. And here's Martha. Martha ended up, they ended up burying Lazarus. Jesus never attended a funeral. Day one, day two, this is someone that they knew he was the Christ. They knew who Jesus was, and they're calling for him to come on the scene. Three, day four, and then Jesus came, and watch her approach. But Abraham says, though her eyes were streaked with tears, though her feeble body was worn, and she probably was under, had been under a whole lot of pressure, she could say, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God's going to give it to you. But Abraham said, I like that. Yes, sir, he said, she got what she come for. Amen. It, it, she wasn't all steamed up. But Abraham says, she didn't say, oh, why didn't you come when you were called? We left church. We forsook our, our, our uh, tabernacle, or Brother Bram says our denomination. We came out and walked with you, and you thought, you know, we thought you'd be the deliverer. You th- we thought you'd come right away and save him and raise him up from his sickness like they'd seen before. Why didn't you come? Pressure. Having you say things that you shouldn't. That wasn't the case here. Amen. We'd seen you heal the sick, and your own friend now, you let him die. And me send for you? He said, that's a modern Pentecostal version. No, no, not Martha. He said, no, sir. She said, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. Amen. And she got what she needed. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yea, Lord. He will rise at the resurrection, and we know what happened. Jesus went to the tomb thinking four days late, but as we know the song, just on time. Amen. Amen. But she knew she could let off the pressure. She was in the presence of the refuge and say, all is well. All is well. Amen. There's no need to retain a pent-up pressure inside when you know who you can come to, when you know there's a place to let it go. Why hold it in? You don't have to. It's there. You say, well, if I'm in this refuge, what if I get sick? There's a way of release. He says, I'm the God that healeth thee. Amen. By my stripes, you are healed. Amen. He's already got an answer to your pressure. Just let it off. What if I get worried and I'm get all, cast all your cares on him. He'll care for you. It's there. You just got to take it, believe it, receive it. Amen. The words are all here. But unless you grab a hold of it and take a hold of it, claim it. We heard that it takes some action as we heard this morning. Then he can become your peace. Then he's your healer. He's there. He's everything. Amen. No ifs, ands, or buts. But Abraham says, but when you come in knowing that's your only spot of refuge, when you sit in a meeting and you're pressing, he goes, oh, I didn't get a prayer card. I've seen people, he goes, I've seen people do that. Pressure build up and they miss it all together. He says, I see them standing in a meeting in a prayer line and they come in here and say, well, if I could, I, no, he goes, you're fighting against yourself. He says, don't do that. Just come with boldness and reverence. Come in the presence of God, knowing that God made a promise and that settles it. Amen. Hallelujah.
How do I get into this refuge? Sinner friend, I'm going to tell you. Say, well, I want those benefits. I want access to this city. There's a way. Amen. But Brown says, that's the matter today. He says, that's exactly with Christians. There's so many people that try to impersonate Christianity. They get excited. They go out. They try to act like a Christian. But what happens, first little pressure comes and you blow up. Amen. You don't, you don't get into the city just by joining something. Man, I, I just said, you know what? Cloverdale Bible Way is not your refuge. This is not your refuge. Young ones that have grown up in this message, your family. I, I have, I, my dad's a minister. My grandpa's a pastor. That's not my refuge. I can't hang on coattails. We've heard it before. I'll tell you. I've heard it. Now I'm going to tell you. We're going full circle. God has no grandchildren. Amen. By one spirit are we all baptized. Amen. Into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Amen. Repent. Be baptized. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not difficult. It was not difficult to come up to the door and say, I need help. It's not difficult. The city of refuge was wide open. It was open all the time. Never locked. And it was not just available to just the Jews. Strangers, sojourners, anybody. Anybody. Full access. But you had to come in the right way saying, I have a need. I'm in trouble. Someone's after me. Satan's on my heels. God, I need you. You say, Lord, I repent. It wasn't hard. God provided a place of safety. Death couldn't strike the blood through the blood of the Passover, and spiritual death cannot strike through the word of this hour. Amen? Amen. There's no way. Satan can't penetrate the walls of this refuge. Amen? There's no way he can get in there. It's the only place of safety. Amen? Isaiah described him as a rock in a weary land, a weary time. But Abraham said, we're leaving in a weary time when people are trying to dig holes, and they <laughs> dig holes underneath their house and put a big tank in there. He says, well, don't you know if an atomic bomb would ever blast this place? It'd go so deep into the ground, it'd ever break every bone in your body. And I had a little video. I don't know if I'm going to show it or not. Might just take up too much time. Uh, bunker sales are going through the roof. Through the roof. You know, I'll just show just like 10 seconds or something like that. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. You're in the middle of nowhere, rural Kansas, the site of an abandoned nuclear missile silo. Armed security patrol the entrance to a doomsday that's reserved for the wealthy elite, and sales are booming. Since the uh, election of Donald Trump, we've seen a whole new demographic. You think people are feeling pressure? Calling in people that didn't know we existed before. Pressure. What? Hall is the owner of the survival condo project. These sixteen thousand pound doors lock you inside. Their place of safety. We're heading deep That's below the, refuge. the surface of the earth into a bunker like no in other. This world. We are in a typical full floor residential unit, and even though we are more than 100 feet underground right now, you can see that it's certainly not a claustrophobic area. Twelve luxurious condos exist here. That's their place of safety. $2.3 million can get you their man's place of safety 100 feet in the ground to save you from 
what, what they're feeling is, you know, the end of the world. It's much simpler than that, friends. It's much simpler. Lord, I need saving. Amen? Done. It's free. Not $2.3 million and what, some three-bedroom condo? No, a haven of rest. Amen? With all the benefits that we just went into, all the benefits that's in this. Not to mention living eternally with him. Amen. It's uncomparable. Why? Why sit here? That's the future. What they would hope it to be. We know that it's far worse than that. Amen. There's no escape, Butter Branham says. He goes 200, he talks about blow a hole or two, 300 feet deep. There are atomic bombs for 100 miles and take everything. Just make it volcanic ash. If you're plumbed down to the center of the earth, it would still kill you. He says, there's no escape, only up. Amen. He says at one spot, he says, how far? He goes, you need to get down. He says, how far? This far. As it's far down the earth, you need to go. Not 100 feet. Just on your knees and say, Lord, I need you. Save my soul. Amen? That's as far down as you need to go. Hallelujah. That's right. Go down and confess your sins. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ, buried in baptism with him, and arise in his resurrection. Hallelujah. That's our refuge. The Holy Spirit lifts you up above the cares and worries and unbelief of the world. He says, yes, that's it. The name of the Lord is a mighty tower. Amen. A mighty rock in a weary land. Amen. That's our refuge. Hallelujah. That's our refuge. It's wonderful. Now, not only are you able to, the pre, we know we have the pressures of this world, but in this refuge, where you can let off the pressure in the refuge, but inside Christ, you're pressurized. Okay? You know what pressurized is? So it's simple. I'll try. I'm not no physics teacher. I won't even look at teachers here. Here on earth, there's a certain amount of air pressure on us because there's a whole lot of air between here and about 600 miles up. And that puts pressure on our bodies. But our bodies also, there's pressure inside pushing out. And that's all the same. Okay, it's about 14 point something, something, somethings. Okay, so there's equal pressure so we don't go, or we don't go into a pancake. Right, we're pressurized, our body's pressurized to live here on this earth. In the refuge, in Christ... We're pressurized as Satan is pressing hard, okay? You won't survive outside of Christ. Amen. Satan is producing heavy pressure these days to break you, to destroy you, to crush you, okay? I love this mic. I'll buy that new wire. <laughs> uh, a company did an experiment. They took a styrofoam head Starfoam little model head down to the uh, several thousand feet down the ocean, and the starfoam head just just crunched. So like the regular head was this big, and by the time they got down, the little starfoam head was this big. Pressure, crushing. Okay, that's what Satan's doing right now. Pressing us to conform to his devices. Pressed us. He's pressing us to tolerate the wickedness of this day. Okay, he's pressing. Pressing you to accept the new social norms of this day. You don't think that's a pressure? It's coming strong. And we're feeling it here in this area more than ever. Say, so we will never bend to that. Amen? There's no, and inside Christ, 
it don't affect you because you're pressurized against that. Amen? The fiery furnace, the three Hebrew boys, that would have been nothing to trifle with. They were being thrown into a fire seven times hotter, okay? And you either bowed or you burned. They wouldn't defile themselves and they wouldn't subject themselves to the pressure of that, okay? They wouldn't trespass God's word. That pressure was heavy to bow. This wasn't like, hey, do you think you can bow? No. They would have had soldiers there. They had people there. Bow! You're going to die. Get on your knees. There's pressure. Everybody else is not bowed, and there are three standing. It was, they would have been trespassing the first, very first commandment, which was, don't, don't uh, do, bow to any other God. I am the Lord thy God. Amen? This is the, very, the first commandment is, is, don't put any false gods before me. And here was an image, and they were now to, forced to do this. But they didn't bend because they're pressurized to handle the heat and pressure of that time. God had put in them what they needed to stand against that pressure. They weren't crushed. They weren't forced down to bend. No, they stood strong because God had put something inside of them to stand against that. Amen? And same with you. In Christ, in this refuge, I don't care how strong, how much pressure, how much is coming against you in your school, the gays, the lesbians, or whatever, homosexuality, that cannot touch you inside this refuge. Outside this refuge, you're done. Period. You won't stand in this day. Boys, girls, you'll never. Okay, the fashions, the haircuts, the garbage in Christ, you're only refuge. I'm sorry, it's that cut and dried. Stand the pressure. Amen? Then you can stand the pressure when you get a regenerated, converted life. But Abraham says, one thing can do it when you come into God's molding house and be torn down, rebuilt, a new creature in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Amen? Because Christ can stand the pressure because you're in him. Amen. We'll just skip a little here. Amen. A bride prepared. We're just going to go past all this. No part twos. Amen. What, what does this word produce? Amen. Three Hebrew boys had, had a word then to put something in them to stand the pressure of their time. But God provided us a word at this day. Yes. Amen. Amen. If, Amen. If the enemy comes in like a flood, God's going to raise a standard. Amen. Amen. So he's going to Produce and pour into you what you need to hold out so you don't crush like a styrofoam head 3,000, 7,000 feet in the ocean. Amen? Noah couldn't help produce what God had put in him. Okay? God had put something in Noah. He couldn't help but build an ark. Amen? All the pressure of that time, but he couldn't help it because inside him was something God placed to bring that out of him and build an ark. That was in him. Right In Moses, he, ha- he was a deliverer because God placed something in there. Amen? Amen? A seed coming up through concrete can break through the concrete. Said that. Okay? A little blade of grass. Anybody seen that? A little, some little sprig of whatnot coming through concrete? You're like, come on. Enough life inside that to break the forces of concrete. Amen? Said that there's something inside them a pressure from the seed within to burst forth and become whatever God intends for you and me to be. Amen? If you are a genuine Christian, 
Christian, genuine predestinated seed. You was in God before there was. You always was in God. The germ of your life, which is an attribute of God, which is his thought. Say, for instance, a little, pretty little lady sitting here, and God, see, God said, in the day, there will be a girl. Her name will be so-and-so. She'll be this, she'll be thus. Even now, at this very hour, she would sit and listen to a message dressed in, in a red dress. See, that was his thought. Whoever your husband is and whoever he is, and he'll bring this together, and you would sit here in this city this day. There could be no way for you to fail it. See, because you're growing, and as long as your seed inside growing, you have to produce just exactly what that seed said you would do. Come on. Come on, saints. Okay? If, let, put, put your name there. Here we are in this day and age. A little girl, a red dress, kind of a little bit salmon-colored Ruth. Amen? He knew you would be sitting right there at this time. Amen? There's no way you could fail being right there at this moment and produce exactly what God has placed in Sister Ruth. Amen? And so it is today, the bride of Christ. We are made for rapture. That's been placed in us. Amen? We've received a message, something that is pressurizing us, pushing out what we need to become what our seed is inside. Amen? There's no way we can fail it. Hallelujah. Amen. The spoken word has come to come forth out of this bride. Amen? To produce... Brother Brandon had a quote, and I sent it to that. It's an incredible quote. And when it, Brother Brandon says, he talks about the third pole being vindicated, and he says, but it will not be used in a great way until this council begins to tighten up. And when it does, when that does, the Pentecostals and so forth can almost impersonate anything. Can be done. But when the time comes, when the squeeze comes, pressure comes. Pressure from who? Satan himself. Okay, this would be like an ultimate squeeze. Okay, heavy pressure. You'll see what, then you'll see what you've seen temporarily be manifested in the fullness of, the, of, of its power. The spoken word manifesting in its power at the ultimate time of Satan's pressure. The offset to that is the pressure from within a bride to produce the spoken word and become what? A raptured bride, amen? The very word himself, Christ himself, pressing out of his bride in flesh now. That's God's answer to Satan's pressure, amen? That's his final, that's to squeeze hard. And what's God's answer is to be a people in, with Christ in flesh once again, amen? That's our promise. And nothing can fail there. Not our, that's our, nothing at all. That's wonderful. Amen. We're pressurized. Now, musicians, give me two minutes and then come. Put it on your clock. Amen. But Abraham talks about little fish from the deep. Way deep. There's some ugly fish deep down. I mean, really ugly fish deep down. But they are made to withstand incredible pressure. Man actually can't even figure it out still because they can't even go down and bring them up. And they can't really go down there for a long time. So there's an unknown area down there of how they're handling this pressure. I say, God made them that way. It's incredible. Okay, so he says, we are pressurized for earth, which we went over. He says, we, Brother Brown says, we cannot go down to that place. He goes a little piece up and we would explode. 
Uh, he says, that's right, but now, what if this little fish could ever become me? Bring, talking about this little fish from the deep. From the deep. Would I ever want to go back in that midnight ink down there? No. And be ever that kind of animal again? He said, no. And with them kind of sights or senses? No, I'd want to be human. He says, now, if we brought that little fish up, he's pressurized to the depths of the sea. If he'd come up, he would explode. He says, now multiply that by 100 million, and then God has to change this mortal being that we are. We're repressurized and taken up into his presence. Amen. We got to pressurize and repressurize. And I look and said, you know, not just pressurization, transformation. Amen. This mortality, we're pressurized to handle the world at this time, but we're going to get repressurized, transformed, and put on immortality. Amen. Why? Because there's no way for his word to fail. Amen. There's no way. But Abraham says, we've already had one that's gone before. He says, well, you know, they had one took off in slow motion. We had one take off in slow motion already. He said his name was Enoch, and he walked up. He was pressurized. He didn't have to be changed, nothing. He says he just was already pressurized. He started walking. Amen. That was Enoch. We ain't no slow motion. And it changed. A twinkling of an eye, these bodies will be changed. This will be fast, very fast motion. Amen. But Abraham says, Abraham and Sarah's body was transformed to meet the condition of the promised word. This is good. To meet the condition of the promised word. Both of their bodies was transformed from an old man and woman to a young man and woman to meet the promise of the day. The promise Go with me, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Has that happened? The shout's gone forth. Okay, where are we? But Abraham says at one point, a knife's blade width. Get a sharp knife and figure out how many micrometers that is or whichever. It's very short. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. In a moment, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, a slow motion, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. That's this bride. This bride. That's our promise. To meet the promise of this day. Amen. Pressurize. Musicians, you can come. That's our promised word. It's zero hour. If you read Countdown, an old song from way back, Sunday school sang it, we are in the zero hour. Amen. It's a good song. Does everybody know that song? Oh, my, Sister Julie. <laughs> exactly. It's a, hey, just exactly where we are. But Abraham says, then we got to a place. He goes, in the tube just right. He's talking about uh, John Glenn. And he goes, they started 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He says, man, it starts from... 10 and goes back. He said, 10's a horrible number. He said, God starts from one. Ephesians, Ephesus. Amen. He works his way through two, three, four, okay, all the way up to Philadelphia. And he works his way up to seven. And then he goes, zero. <laughs> Amen. He says, one of these mornings, God's achievement in his astronauts has climbed into Jesus Christ. Our refuge has been bo- being born in there by the Holy Ghost, filled with his power. One of these mornings, the whole universe will be screaming. He says, and wailing and gnashing your teeth when they've seen they've missed it. I'm pointing you to one tonight. 
Don't miss it. The city of refuge's doors open. Amen. Don't miss it because this is where I plan to be. Amen. When they see, they miss it. When the great eagle, this is where I am, powered by the Holy Ghost and fire, begins to spread her wings, and the astronauts, the pressurized bride, will take off into the sky to go to meet the bridegroom. When the bride takes off, in the astronaut power of God Almighty, who sent Jesus Christ to earth in the form of the Holy Ghost, has brought the church through these achievements. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's our promise in this day. Until now, she's getting, until now she's getting resurrected power in her to fly beyond the things of this world, seeing him out there in the church, making himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, sir. says the countdown is over. This is where we are, friends. The countdown is over. Every church age is past. He says, we're ending on the Laodicea. He says, get in, my brother. Sister, get pressurized. The pressure won't hurt you when you get on the inside and get pressurized, get into Christ, and you won't care what the world says. You're safe. You're tucked in. Amen. Amen. That's where you want to be. Safe and tucked in. I thought that was a wonderful spot to end because that's where God wants to take you. Say, rest, little bride. All is well. Is all well? Is everything well? All is well. Why? Because he's tucked you in. Amen. And nothing. You won't care what the world says. It's wonderful. I mean, why don't you stand? You know, where, are, where are you now? You know, some just rejoicing in the refuge that you've run into and indeed are safe. And that's wonderful. And the benefits and the promises that he has for us. And maybe you haven't been taking hold of those promises, but they're there. Um, but you know, maybe maybe you're running with the hounds of hell on your heels. And that's why we're, that's why we, we're here. It's to give you an opportunity to say, there's an option. There's an out. You don't have to live with the pressure of Satan hounding you and sending you to hell. And I'm saying, there's a city of refuge for you. There's a city of refuge for you. I want to be that runner that would run out from that city and point you in that direction and say, this way, this way, Christ is this way. Run hard, harder, harder. I want to, I'm doing that tonight. Maybe it's for nobody here. Maybe it's for someone on the internet. But I'm saying, there's a Christ. There's a rest. There's a refuge in your time of need. Amen? Why don't we bow our heads and pray? You can just, in your own heart, and if that's you, if something just spoke to you, just a little broken up message, but the root of it, the core they say there's, there's one that's here to seek, who's he seeking and to, to save. And you have access to so much. If you just want to raise your hand and just to the Lord, my head's bowed, everyone's head's bowed, and you just say, Lord, I'm done with the hounds of hell. 
I'm done with the pressure and I need a release. I want to be the one that can come in. If it's all I need to do is go down on my knees about a foot or two down and they say, Lord, I need a savior. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight, or just a simple message, but Lord, your prophet spoke a message of God in simplicity. And Lord, we can just run to a refuge, Lord. You provided it, Lord. What a type in the Old Testament. For someone, Lord, that didn't mean to do something, they're running and they had, had a place to go. And Lord, just tonight, just wanting to point, Lord, someone that may be off the road and they've done something. They're saying, Lord, I, I need saved. Satan's on my heels. Lord, we can all, as a, as a great many witnesses here, Lord, can just help and urge and encourage, Lord, and uplift our hands and pray. Lord, pray, Lord, someone home, Lord, tonight. Urge them to you, Lord. Your prophet said at one point, Lord, he said that we're just gleaning the stubble. Looking, Lord, for just, Lord, that last one, Lord, that could be somewhere, oh God. Pray tonight, Lord, that something would just anchor deep in someone's heart, prick something, Lord, alive. Maybe their heart's been stony. But, Lord, you can just start a burning within, Lord, from the inside, oh God. Break that stony heart, oh God. Start a moving conviction, oh God. Just start to move and say, you know what, I have a desire. Lord, for someone that might not even have, I pray for the desire, Lord, that would strike their heart, oh God. Lord, they can enjoy the benefits and bask in the rest, Lord, that we have in your refuge, Lord. As your prophet said, there'd be no reason why I'd ever want to leave because you've been so wonderful to us, Lord. You've been so wonderful. Many here, Lord, that have been here for years upon years, and I look at them like our brother Larry and, Lord, they're just such a strength to me, Lord. That's what this refuge produces, oh God. Warriors for your kingdom, Lord, that can stand the pressure of this day. No matter what Satan throws at them, Lord, they're still standing because inside they got a Christ, Lord, that can pressurize them for this wicked age. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless your name. Commit this evening and all that's been said in Jesus Christ, holy name, Lord. Amen, Lord. Amen. Let's just sing that, Brother Ryan.
wonder what the Holy Spirit is trying to really do to the lost this weekend. If you take a look at the morning service and tonight, pointing the way, there's one way, Christ. Why would you delay? Why would you delay? Just run into Christ. Run into that strong tower. It's wonderful. Brother Bram said, he said, when the springtime came and they ran to the swimming hole, the first one would jump in and tell them how the water condition was. Well, we that have been in the city of refuge want to tell you, it's wonderful in here. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful place to draw on the benefits of God. And that's what we're drawing on, service after service. And so that was not a broken up service. That was a wonderful service, a wonderful word. And we're thankful for what God is doing in these lives of our young men. Point the way. Brother Michael said there was the encouragers on the road, and I remember preaching on it, and I just started to look. You know where those encouragers were? It was the priests. It was the priests that said, you're not far. You're not far. Keep running. Keep running. You're not far. And they were there to be encouraged. You know, you're kings and priests. You know, you need to encourage one another. Maybe somebody in your friend or family that needs Christ. You can do it. Keep running. You'll draw on those benefits. You'll see what God will do for you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just run. Whoever you are, if God has spoken to you. You know, Brother Michael gave his heart to the Lord when he was a little boy. Not at church, but in his bedroom. It doesn't matter where you are. God's dealing with you. You could be in your bedroom. You could be in your backyard. Brother Bisco often talks about his father and seeing godly lady walk by and he was a carpenter and then she invites him to come and do some carpentry work. God's in everything. God's in the word. And God's been dealing with lives. And I trust you'll surrender all to him. I surely didn't need to add to that service. We don't want to be a tradition, but this is our first evening service. Children are going back to school. And we would love to pray with our children, whether they're in kindergarten or whether they're in college and parents are standing with them. Why don't you just come on up? Why don't you just come on up? We're going to have a word of prayer. Just come on up and, and be able to say to your children, it's going to be well, son. It's going to be okay at school. It's just going to be fine. Brother Michael was talking about it's well, and there was a sh the woman that had a child, and she was running to the word, and it didn't matter what the situation was. It's going to be okay. It is well with my soul, Brother Ryan, if you don't mind. Horatio Spafford. I'm sure he prayed often for his children. Come on, move right on up. If you have to stand on the platform, come on up. Come on up. 
Grab your children, high priests of the home, moms that are the fifth gospel, grab your children. What a heritage we have. Come on up, make some more room. Come on up, Brother Raymond, you can come on up. Brother David, you can come on up with Jana. There's more coming down. It doesn't matter what we go through, it's all well. And what better a song if Brother Horatio was here tonight. It's, it's incredible, man. Matthew, we lost a son, a little boy. The same year they had the Chicago fire. Financial ruin. Sends his wife and children to Europe ship goes down and loses all his children again, his wife. He says, I want to go to the spot where they went down. And God anointed him and God inspired him. And he wrote this song, It Is Well With My Soul. Daddies, we need to say it is well for our household. We got the blood on the doorposts. Mommies, you can assure the high priest of the home and said, Daddy's applied the token to this home. You're safe. It will be well. Let's just sing that first verse before we pray. When peace like a river. children Lord you have blessed this assembly and we want to give you praise tonight we want to give you a thanksgiving offering Lord for truly we are a blessed people 
Blessed to be standing in the august presence of God. Blessed to hear the word of God. Blessed to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love your children. Love the families of God. So, Father, at this time, we know that we are entering in as the prophets said, the most darkened age. But we have a place we heard about tonight that we can run into and are safe. It's a place of safety. It's a place, Lord, we can let off the pressure. It's a place we can instruct our children. We can pray with them on a daily basis and we can instruct them in the word of God. You have blessed us with these precious gifts. And so, Lord, we know it's not our strength. We know it's not in our ability, but we know it's in your love and grace and mercy. So would you keep your hands on our precious children? Lord, we're just pointing them back to the stones. The God that parted the Red Sea within our lives is still alive. He's still alive and he can still part Jordan River. He can part the Red Sea. He can part, depart any problems that we have, Lord. So may these blessed children go into this year with great expectation. Lord, a great thirst, as the brother was singing about tonight, a thirst for you and the love of God. Would you give them quickness of mind and quicken their spirits, quicken their hearts to a love for you. As Brother Michael was ministering tonight, may we encourage one another instead of put down one another. The world might have their bullies, but we have no bullies here. We only have encouragers. We want to encourage one another. You can do it. You can run. You can make it. You can enjoy and draw from the benefits of Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we've taken this moment of time where daddies and mothers are standing. Maybe their hands on their children, maybe just around their shoulders. They're committing them to you this year that no harm will come by their way. Lord, that there would be a divine protection over every one of our blessed little gifts that you've given us. Lord Jesus, that when they raise up in the morning, may there be a pitter-patter within their hearts. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. Lord, awaken that desire within all their lives and bless them in Christ, bless them in the Word. Father, most of all, we commit them to you, that you will keep them under the safety of the almighty presence of God. Father, we commit them now in this little prayer and asking, Father, your great blessing upon them in Jesus, Jesus, precious name. Oh, Lord, haste the day, my
God bless you children. God bless you parents. God bless you mothers and daddies, grandpas and grandmas. And as I said not too long ago, all those that are in the assembly that are a part of my family, God bless you for your faithfulness and your prayer closets that have prayed for these children over the years. We salute you and thank you for your love and for your burden. Truly, this is the family of God. And how I do indeed love this family. God bless you. God be with you children this year. And may the presence of God lead you every day at school. Granting you all your hardest desire. And I trust that desire is for the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.